Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. My goodness, I am so excited because we're going a full 45 minutes today. We are extending Coffee Break now every single day, Monday through Friday. You can check us out for a full 45 minutes as we keep you updated on everything in the headlines. We got Jake Shapiro, DMAC out actually at UC Health Training Center. You can see it a little bit in the background. He's joining us today. It's a fun day. We're talking NFL, college ball. We even got a little nugget talk. And then, of course, with it being Tuesday, we've got some trivia. So, gentlemen, I want to quickly get a recap on your Labor Day weekend. Jake, hit it. It was awesome. I was in Texas, got to hang out with the family a little bit. Uh, I thought about going to see a University of Texas uh, game, but they were playing in <laughs> Louisiana Monroe. I was a week early. They're playing Alabama next week. Man, college football is, is awesome. Uh, we had a great weekend of that, watched a lot of college football. How about you, D? I did basically nothing, and then yesterday I drove my bike from Smoky Hill High School to Pearl Street in Boulder. And then I, was, I, was going, I was going to try to do Flagstaff Mountain. I have never done it before, and it's a crazy elevation. You know, it's only a couple of miles from downtown Boulder, but it gained 1,700 feet in elevation in two miles, which is, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. But, but it was so hot yesterday, I was seeing spots. Like I was like, you know, like right before you like pass out, you, it was so uh, I passed on Flagstaff and my lovely wife uh, came and picked me up and we had uh, lunch at Gemini Restaurants, which is a very hip um, Mexican restaurant on Pearl Street. Not to brag too much, but uh, we'll save Flagstaff for another day. But that's a good ride yeah. from uh, Centennial to Boulder. Come on now. Have you, ever right. driven, have you ever driven up Flagstaff? We tried. We got lost trying to drive up there yesterday. We act, no, I am not joking. It's like a, it's a camp, and there's all sorts of little camp houses. And yeah. I, don't, I have no idea who actually lives there. Campers, I guess, intellectuals. And we couldn't find the right path to, to get up. And by the time I'm looking at the map quest, I'm, and I told my wife, let's, let's go back to the suburbs. I've not been up there. That's where we all used to go. I went to Boulder High School in Boulder. We also used to take girls up there and make out in the cars with them. That was like the makeout spot uh, in high school was on Flagstaff. Zoom actually taking his wife, Kim, up there. Yeah, could have gone. Oh, yeah. That's who she wants to make out with. A middle-aged <laughs> guy all sweaty from a bike ride about to pass out. I had her pretty hot yesterday up in there in Flagstaff at 3 o'clock on 95-degree temperature. Hey, Annie, let's get out in the uh, shrubbery here and start, you know – do some French kissing. What do you think? Huh? Good idea, though, Jake. And by the way, nobody believes you that you were taking girls up there, Jake. You got one. You got one girl. Let's just let's call it a day. Jake engaged, <laughs> newly engaged, got to hang out with the parents to this past weekend. You love it. But lots going on in the sports world as well as we are officially less than one week away until the Broncos take the field in Seattle against the Seahawks. You guys, I'm so freaking excited. I posted this picture on Twitter last night. Only one more week until I let professional football teams determine (laughs) my mood for the next four months. And my gosh, that is the truest statement ever, Jake. Yeah, uh, for me, it's also college football, as you'll find out Mm -hmm. later when we talk about the Colorado Buffaloes. But yeah, I am totally ready for my emotions to be completely determined by people in black and white stripes uh, blowing their whistles on pass interference calls or not. So Rachel, you're doing a little preview. I'm getting a little traumatized by you, pre-traumatized by you already. At college, college football is what we should wake up on a Saturday and be like, oh yeah, that's on too. But, but you know, this past weekend, it was like all that was on um, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. But 
Here we are. I mean, across the street, the Broncos are getting ready for the uh, Seahawks. And by the way, they had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, off until yeah. they get back to work today and then off tomorrow and then they get going. So we'll, we'll see what a regular week is like for this bunch. We really don't quite know yet, but we do know finally the ones will play. The first team will play the oh. next time the Broncos play. Russell Wilson will get his first snap in a game as a Bronco. Oh my gosh, I'm getting goosebumps already. Well, PFT announced their power rankings for week one. Here we got number 17, the New England Patriots. 19 or 18 is the Dolphins, but the Broncos come at number 19, saying the bar is higher than it should be for a team that has undergone many changes over the past two years, especially since they have to compete with the Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers. But then mm. they come in ahead at of the Saints and the Browns. The Patriots and the Dolphins coming in above the Broncos does surprise me a little bit, but we'll get to that in just a second. Is 19 a fair reading on the Broncos for week one, DMAC? Yeah, I think so. I've got them at 10 and 7 just out of the playoffs, so that's uh, that kind of lines up perfectly where I have them, maybe even 9 and 8. It's I just think it's going to take a little bit to, to click. I was talking to my uh, guy, Mike Cliss, yesterday, and me, me and Mike are like gossipy little uh, school kids, you know, when it comes to, you know, how do you think they're going to do and all that. And more or less, he and I were kind of landed on the same spot, that 10 and eight, 10 and seven, nine and eight sort of thing. And, and his question to me is, are they going to start three and oh, and they should start three and oh, think about the quarterbacks they're, they're going to face. I mean, we're talking Geno Smith, Trey Lance and Davis Mills. Those are your first three quarterbacks the Broncos are going against. But I bet they drop one of those games. I bet they do. And the back half of their schedule is, is pretty brutal. You know, Cliss thinks they're going to start 6-2 and two and then go 4-5 and five down the stretch. And, you know, that, that sounds all right. I mean, that sounds kind of, kind of, kind of about right. That's 10-7. Math, math major, see you. Yeah, you know, what I find surprising about this PFT list where the Broncos are are the Dolphins are right in front of them. And the Dolphins are one of the most hyped teams of the offseason. So while the Broncos number 19 is not a good number next to them, uh, you look at the teams around them, as you were kind of mentioning, Rachel. New England, I could see being a playoff team or right near there. Uh, Cleveland, I think it could go either way. Um, obviously, the Deshaun Watson situation is hanging over them. And then I'm, I'm going to pull this back up. New Orleans has been good the last few years. So I think the Broncos, without Russell Wilson, we're going to be, uh, you know, maybe 29th, 28th. So he boosted them up at probably around 10 spots. And I think the analysis is correct. The fact that this division is so tough, it's going to cost them some games. It's going to be very competitive. But I worry ultimately if they can topple the Chiefs, if they can topple the Chargers. So I'm with DMAC. Uh, the over-under kind of says it right now on the season win total, right about nine and a half. You know, I, I, I'm not ready for my official prediction. I'm between nine and eight and 10 and seven. And sometimes I even get, you know, the Cecil Lammy in me and I go maybe 11 and six. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be a tough schedule. And I think they ultimately do catch a break, guys, because it starts so easily and they can gel against some easier opponents. No, and they do. I've said 11 and six. I've gone in between 10 and seven or 11 and six for what I think the record could be for the Broncos this year, but I'm surprised that Cliss thinks that they could lose one of those first. What did you say? First three DMAC? Well, actually he thinks they're going to, he thinks they're going to go three and oh, I think they're actually going to drop one of them. Okay. And I, I, I who could you see him losing yeah. to? Oh, I could see him losing to the 49ers. 
Um, I, I know that's a home game, and, and so is the Texans game, too. Um, but, you know, it's Kyle Shanahan. He's good. He can draw things up pretty well, and Trey Lance would have had a couple games under his belt. So, I, listen, I think they're going to win. I, I think they're going to – I actually do – I don't know. I, I won't be surprised if they drop one of those first three. Not at all. Uh, but obviously, I think they'll be favored to win all three of those. And they're all reasonable. This first game against Seattle, I, I'm not trying to shove hyperbole down everybody's throat. But you got to win this game. I mean, you know, for, for what it means, it means so much more to the Broncos than it does the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, okay, it'd be nice to – beat Russ, but, you know, they're starting over no matter what. They know they don't really have a quarterback, so it doesn't even matter to them. Um, this is a huge, huge game for the Broncos, and frankly, if you're going to go 10-7 and or Rachel 11-6, Jake, if you're going to be a, that close to the playoffs, you've got to win the games that you should win because <laughs> you're going to face the Chiefs twice, Chargers twice, Raiders twice, um, and, and other uh, good teams down, down the road. So, no, you got to win this game, man. You got to pile up the wins when you can. And it's going to really hurt them if they can't beat Seattle. And frankly, it, it'll hurt them if they can't beat Houston. And the degree that'll hurt them against San Fran is kind of meh. It's not, it's not as bad. It's not mm -hmm. great, but it's not as bad. Well, Dar Dalton Reisner even said during training camp that, you know, they weren't celebrating any days for the offense or the defense winning in training camp, whatever. They weren't going to celebrate winning any preseason games because it didn't matter. He said, but he might celebrate after the Seahawks game because it is indeed a big game. So they fully understand how big of a game this is for, for somebody three weeks out to be saying that being like, or a month out, I guess I should say to be saying that you know that this game has a lot of weight for this Broncos team, too. So it's going to be fun. We're going to be talking Broncos all week long, of course, as we get ready for kickoff on Monday night. You guys, I'm so excited. I'm excited for Thursday night. I'm getting ready. We're going to, um, like, smoke some stuff in our smoker. Like, I'm getting all pumped up. But we need to talk some college football, too, because there were some – Tough games if you're Colorado fans, but then also some very fun ones if you're a college football fan in general. So we'll start with the buffs, Jake, and I want to do your first Jake take. Let's do this thing. Let's hear it. Yeah, welcome into uh, Jake's take, our new segment here on Coffee Break. I wrote something out here. Oop, I did that again. Sorry about that. Uh yeah, I'm from Boulder, Colorado. I grew up in the shadow of a giant program, hearing stories, watching highlights, and eventually even saving up my school money to go see and hear the mighty Buffaloes play up the street. It was my dream to be a part of this unit, a, a student at my favorite school cheering on my favorite team. I now work for the university, teaching students who were in my shoes just a few years ago. Many of them are lovers of sports and followers of the football program, too. I was made to be in position to be one of the most ardent supporters of Buffalo's football. 69-14 to Fresno. No win seasons. Losing twice to FCS schools at home. Later, and, you know, it, it's hard to get a real rise out of me anymore. It's hard for me to get embarrassed about CU football anymore. I'm about as embarrassed as possibly could be. But I'm here. I was embarrassed to be a buff on Friday night. Words I thought... I would never say again because we thought we, we just got so past that point. But, but why? Why am I so embarrassed? Well, during Colorado's 38-13 to 13 buck kicking at Folsom Field at the hands of TCU, under the bright lights of Folsom on national TV, my long suspicion was realized. I somehow still care more about this football program than the coaches and administrators who run this. 
Head coach Carl Durrell, quarterback flip-flopping, landing him on the worst-performing Lewis while Shrout had a good series and then didn't see the field again until the game was out of reach and led by and still led a garbage-time touchdown, showed to me that the coach is either extremely incompetent, uncaring, or maybe both. But this is likely what pushed him out the door at past schools, and the fan base has seen this coming since he was first hired. Uh, the real problem here is not Carl, though, and, 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 and that says a lot because the in-game coaching was ridiculous. It is athletic director Rick George and what goes on above him. To be okay with this embarrassment is not having the acting ability he promised when he first took over this job more than a decade ago. Promises he made about adding other sports, improving what was here, focusing on football. In some senses, Rick should be proud because the football team did win six games in 2016 or over six games, and his tenure was better Uh, than the man before him because they finally did go to a bowl game. But that's not much to be proud of in over a decade as an athletic director at the University of Colorado. Rick was behind the ball as the Pac-12 fell apart, and now the Buffaloes are in a dying program in a conference that's about to be taken off life support here. So this all comes back to Rick and what's higher than him. The board of regents who slowly disassembled the on-field greatness of CU football, first by choice, regulation, and then by rule, then later by incompetence and a change in direction of what matters to the university certainly could be understood with the school distancing themselves from the off-field fiascos that plagued the program and then justifying, you know, focusing on school instead of sport because, you know, they're a school. But I plead to them. The scandals of the 90s and 2000s were definitely embarrassing. The current program is too, just in another way, in a lesser way. Yes, no doubt, but I'm still embarrassed. I've had the life beaten out of me as I've watched Oregon State come back from an impossible odds to beat the Colorado Buffaloes at Folsom Field. I thought that was rock bottom. I thought Fresno State was rock bottom. I thought the zero win seasons was rock bottom. But here we are, and I'm asking, how are we at rock bottom again? How am I embarrassed to be a Colorado Buffaloes fan once again? Jake's take. There it is again, everybody. Jake's take. Uh, Clearly somebody who has a lot of heart um, for, we're going to switch this real quick. Ooh, a little jumble jumble. Um, A lot of heart because he is an alumni there. Uh, Jake, well-spoken, I will say, because it has been a struggle for the buffs. And uh, DMAC, you've covered or have been around the CU Buffaloes for a long time. Um, I obviously, I didn't pay too much attention to them because I was a CSU (laughs) Ram, obviously with the rivalry there, but Was last night, or not last night, was this past weekend for the Buffs against TCU that big of a disappointment, or is it just what we should expect out of the Buffs nowadays? I got a, Jake, that was very well said, and I love and respect your passion. And, yeah, I've been, since I moved to Colorado in 1999, I've called myself a poser Buff because I've been so friendly with so many, um, I mean, I mean, Jake, I'm pals with all the the heroes, the national championship guys, you know? Mm -hmm. I know a bunch of them. And I call them the CU Mafia because they, they, they seem to be able to work magic behind the scenes. And for 23 years, I've been hearing about how they're going to get this done and that done and the other thing done. And I just sort of sat there all fired up. I, am, I, I respect your passion so much, but I'm sitting here with a smile on my face at, at how like shocked all the CU people were that their team stinks against TCU. And uh, I, I wasn't surprised by it at, at all. I mean, I, I completely expected it. So when I saw the CU people be 
rally with indignation and outrage about how terrible their team was. I was just like, well, what exactly were you, were you expecting? Um, so I, I do absolutely, I'm a poser buff myself. I absolutely respect what you're coming, where you're coming from. And I, I, I feel you. I feel, I feel your frustration and passion. Frankly, I don't get it. Um, I said I'm, I, I, I rode my bike up to see you uh, yesterday from um, Aurora. It is such a beautiful place. It is such a gorgeous campus. And I know they have first-rate facilities. Folsom Field was packed with students on Friday night. It is, it is an, an amazing place to go to college and to play sports. I don't get it. I really seriously don't get it. But kids are leaving in droves, Jake. And um, I guess you can fire Carl Terrell. I guess you can fire Rick George. But you realize how many coaches and in, 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 uh, athletic directors have been fired in the past and it hasn't made a difference. So um, I respect the outrage. I feel your pain. But I'm laughing at it because I don't expect anything better. Yeah, and I never expected the Buffs to win that game because if I thought they were even going to have a chance, I'd be up in Boulder Friday night. Uh, I, I knew it was going to be bad. I ran to Texas because I didn't want to be a part of it. But <laughs> for them to not even score a meaningful touchdown in, in a home game for the second season in a row, for the quarterback debacle to, to come up like that where clearly they had a better quarterback and their head coach is the only person on the planet that can't tell which quarterback is better or performing better – uh, to me, that's the disappointing part. And on the athletic director front, yes, they've had a couple athletic directors, but it's mainly been Rick George for over 10 years now. And he has been the guy who has watched the Pac-12 fall apart. He is the guy that has been in charge of these television deals or been a part of those conversations. And he has put more focus on football than basketball as the basketball program, honestly, has taken a step back in the last 10 years. And they thought they were going to expand into baseball, into golf, uh, you know, expand their golf program, yeah. do all these things when he took over, and they haven't done any of the things hey. he talked about. So, I mean, they did fund that facility, which you say is world class. It's not world class anymore. It's just a decent facility. Um, okay, <laughs> it is. It is. So, it, it just the buffs are so far from where they were. And it's something that has happened year after year. They've taken a step further and further away. But I look at it now and I go, it, it, it doesn't even matter. They're so far gone. They don't ever have a chance of getting back to the glory. But for them to not, I'm not expecting a national title, DMAC. I'm expecting them to just win six games at some point. They've done it twice since 2004, since Tyler Columbus played. They've been, they've been to two bowl games, right? So I just want competence. And we are so far gone from even competence that that's why I get embarrassed and that's why I get outraged because it should not look like that. Well, if, if you want to fire everybody, fine. I'm, a, I'm, I'm fire everybody. I don't know. I've seen it all before and it hasn't made a difference. I think what's going to have to happen is with NIL, you're seriously just going to have to pay quarterbacks to be here. Seriously. Big money, too, by the way. And that's how you probably get a top 15 or 20 quarterback in the country to actually be at CU. So you got to do that. I don't see another way around it. NIL is a legal thing to do. So get with your boosters, get with a, a local car dealer, get with whatever you got to get with. But how, how else is CU going to bounce back except to, to pay for the best players? Which, by the way, is what other schools are already doing. So it, it wouldn't be any different. Let me ask you this. What happens when the University of Texas – Arch Manning's senior year's fourth season says we're going to pay you more than the rookie minimum. 
Yeah, it's a great. First of all, they're not going to wait till his fourth season. He's not going right. to make it four seasons. He's going to have that in his his freshman year. Well, well, um, I'm saying it will. Will he have the decision of staying at Texas for more oh, money over the NFL minimum contract for the rookie? That's that's a fantastic question, Jake. Uh-huh. And if you, I don't know, if you could make more money in college, why go to the pros? You know, um, I, I I see a lot of kids in baseball. I'm a big baseball guy, and I love the fact that you brought up CU in baseball. I think that is an absolute disgusting travesty it's been the pack 11 in baseball and for as much hard time we can give the pack 12 for football for baseball the pack 12 is absolutely fantastic you know they they bring um national championships and golden spike winners um which is the heisman for baseball i mean there's high quality baseball players out of the pack 12 pack 11 for baseball every year i i don't understand why cu doesn't put a baseball team csu too rachel they don't get off the schneid on that I mean, Utah has a baseball team. Utah has a baseball team. So don't give me crap about whether Michigan has a baseball team. Ohio State has a great baseball team. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's lousy places in the country that have baseball. So I don't know what they've been doing. It's a great question, Jake. What else have you been doing? And and I really don't get it, but I don't spend as much time gnashing my teeth uh, about it like um, the CU Mafia because I'm a poser buff. And if you didn't notice, Syracuse beat Louisville. Um, and this is what I love about CU people. This is what I love about CU people. They think they are the center of the universe, Rachel. The CU people think they are the sun and everything revolves around them. They're kind of like Cubs fans. They think everybody cares about them. And the truth is they only care about each other. Nobody else cares, Jake. No, Rachel doesn't care. Air Force people don't care. People that go to, but, but everybody that went to CU thinks everybody cares about CU. Dude, they don't. So you're in your own little pit of misery and enjoy, I guess. Okay, well, we'll, we'll move on to CSU now because, well, Jake didn't didn't expect the Buffs to win against TCU. I sure as hell didn't expect CSU to beat Michigan by any means. Um, It was a bit of a struggle. I will say CSU's defense, they showed a few bright spots in it especially early but then of course they just kind of got worn down so it ended up not being a super pretty game I will say the Rams got a touchdown and I'll take that because they could have easily got shut out nothing good could have gone for the Rams either so I'll take the touchdown that they got um we'll look forward wait, wait, wait. to time out time out what am I doing here it was bad for both you guys what oh it's awful but I'm gonna take my t- DMAC. I'm gonna take my touchdown because it was awful. Touchdown. I'll take it. it got it got so bad after the CU game. Ralphie entered the transfer portal. <laughs> At least it didn't tear his ACL like uh, Poe did, right? Oh, yeah. Poe! Oh, oh man, Ralph, Ralphie's going to Buffalo. Ralphie's a Buffalo Bison now. <laughs> Okay, we do need to talk, though, about a really fun game for college football fans between LSU and FSU. We've got a little bit of a highlight, so let me walk you through this one. So pretty much FSU punts with seven, um, up up seven with 215 left. Here they go. They drive 99 yards with 124 left, and they score with one second left, you guys. Are you freaking kidding me? And then it comes down to the extra point Mm. to tie it up. And are mm. you kidding me? Florida State said, not in our house, everybody. Get the heck out of here, LSU. And they go on to win 24-27, to 27. again, after LSU drives 99 yards. And this was even FSU had fumbled on the one to make this even a game. I mean, insane. So much fun. This is all why we love sports. 
College football is back, you guys. What a freaking game, Jake. Yeah, and that fumble happened after a muff punt. Um, so it, it was just pure chaos. Uh, it was not a great game strategically or well played. It was a great game because it was just chaos and terrible football. Uh, and neither team wanted to win. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I, I, you know, what's funny about this though, and, and Mace tweeted this out, Andrew Mason for Denver fan. I turned to my fiance and said exactly what Mace did, but I didn't check Twitter. I, I was thinking what Mace was thinking. I said, this reminds me of another thing that happened to the Louisiana football team. The, the, the miracle against the Titans, all, all the, re, uh, the only return in NFL history that was all of these, you know, pitchbacks and it worked out. And then the field goal, the extra point to tie the game, it didn't go in. It was one of the only missed extra points of that NFL season. I said that all right before they missed the extra point. And I was looking at myself and I, I did the surrender cover. I'm like, no way we just saw that. <laughs> well, for, for me, uh, this was a really interesting game because, uh, listen, wherever your money goes, you can be a fan of. So I've, I've spent a lot of money at Arizona State for my older son. Happy to be a Sun Devil dad. And I just spent the past few years watching Jaden Daniels, who's been um, the starter for Arizona State. And so it broke my heart when he left Arizona State to go to uh, LSU. And I did find myself rooting for him. I, I know Jaden Daniels very well. I've seriously been watching him for three straight years. So I was really – I thought I would be rooting against him because he's such a turncoat and a traitor. But I, I did not find that. I, I found myself really rooting for him. So um, I, I am confused by two things. One, Florida State, how stupid are you? Just take a knee three times, kick a field goal, and win the game. You know, that's mm -hmm. all you have to do. And even if you get your field goal blocked or something doesn't go right or whatever, you got them backed up. But strategically, just do the right thing, right? Make Florida State um, – sorry, LSU use their timeouts, kick, in a, kick a field goal, and be done with it. Instead, they do the stupidest thing of all time, a pitch. They're, they're pitching the ball for it to get fumbled. And then LSU decides to double down on the stupidity, in my opinion – because once you score that touchdown, you've got all the momentum. Go for the kill shot right there. You've got the ball. The ball's at the two-yard line. You've seen what a disaster special teams and everything else has been. Why not win right then and there? Why not try? And you saw Jaden Daniels run all over the place. You're at the two-yard line to win the game. So there's part of me that's like, well, you deserve the two because you're stupid as well. And it was really a terrible game when you think about it. But it, it had so many twists and turns. It was it was super exciting. Um, so I, I don't know what to say. It, I, I, highly entertaining, though. Highly entertaining. And, you know, now that the game's over, I don't give a crap about LSU. I was a little disappointed because my guy, Jane Daniels, lost. But uh, only for a second. Then I realized what a traitor he really was. And then you get into the ridiculousness, guys, of college football, where somebody like Jaden Daniels will be loyal to a team for X amount of years. And then there's no penalty. He's not a graduate student. He got caught up in COVID like all the other college kids did. And he just transferred without penalty to better himself, which, which I, I don't blame him for. But we got we to gotta realize what the truth is here with college football. It's a pro league. And this is where I always get twisted with college football between being really excited in rah-rah college and the fact of the matter is these kids are professionals at this level. They really are. And they should pro probably be treated as such. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I do want to get to, before we get to trivia and DMAC, you got to head over for Nathaniel Hackett's presser here in just a second. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, the uh, Nuggets will not be seeing 
the uh, star out of Utah as he was going to the Cavaliers now. So um, good news, bad news for the Nuggets, Jake. They won't be seeing him opening night and throughout the conference play. Well, it's good news because they're going to get more wins this year. Long-term, Danny Ainge is building a team in Utah that could be scary because he's great at acquiring assets, and he did it in the Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell trades. I don't really care about all that right now because the Nuggets window is right now. It's not going to be you know, 10 years from now. Uh, ultimately, I'm happy that Donovan Mitchell is gone. No more battles against Jamal Murray. Those were fun to watch as a fan, as a Nuggets fan. It was really heart-wrenching. Um, and also, I don't get to be reminded anymore of Donovan Mitchell being traded from the Nuggets to the Cavs on draft night, or to, to the Jazz on draft night. So uh, should be an interesting team out in Utah, too. So I'm happy to see them go. And, and, and that Cavs team, they've got four all-stars starting on their team right now from last season. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see Utah just sort of fold their tents because they've been so highly competitive. Although, like you said, they'll probably be built back. But we got a three-year window here with the Nuggets. So anything that brings the opponents down, especially in their own division or a team they play all the time, hey, fine by me. So I'm happy for it. Guys, we got three years here with the Nuggets, I'd say. Three years to win a championship. You got to take advantage of it. Buckle up, everybody. It's going to be fun. All right, we do have to tell you about an awesome experience, though, thanks to Redline Athletic Centennial. So parents, register to win a year-long membership at Redline's Athletic Centennial for your student. It's a brand-new state-of-the-art speed and agility training facility, and it's the ultimate spot for your student-athlete to take their performance to the next level. So maybe we can be talking about them like we talk about all these stud athletes here on Coffee Break every morning. Redline Athletics helps build a better student-athlete, so enter in today at Denver fan.com all right jake shapiro will peterson coming in and joining us too because it's time for some trivia who's excited everybody i'm pumped i didn't get to play with you guys last week so let's uh let's do this thing and uh see what trivia i can criticize of rachel's today so i literally told jake i was like before we got on i was like okay what's gonna be the typo i'm gonna have today everybody so um, you can definitely see. Hold on one second. Let me pull this up. Well, it's good. This morning we both fired uh, Rick George on different mediums. You did it on DenverFan.com. I did it this morning on Coffee Break. There you go. Yeah, I heard your uh, Jake's take. I thought it was good. Um, I fired Carl Durrell too, though. So I'm, I'm just cleaning house. <laughs> All right, we're gonna give people a little bit of time. Come hang out with Uh-oh. us today. Our trivia is on the NFL. So go to Kahoot.it, enter in the game pin at 696-342, everybody. We're going to get to 10 people here, and then we'll get this thing rolling. So definitely make sure you come hang out with us. All right, I'm seeing already some names that we know and love that join us every Tuesday. Uh, Timo, what's up? Troy, Brandon, Justin, what's going on? Abs in six. I like it, Will Peterson. I like it a lot. Um, J-Love, we're going to give it just a couple more seconds. Again, go to Kahoot.it and enter in the game pin six or yeah, six nine six three four two. Quick thing. Oh. Ha- has James Merrillat played since he lost? Mm. Or is he kind of just taken his ball and gone home? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, you it's think you want to redeem himself? I can't remember. We might have to go back and look because we might have to give uh, him a little bit of a hard time. Uh, okay, one more person in. If anyone else, I'm going to do like 30 more seconds. Kahoot.it, 696-342. Come hang out with us, play some trivia. I just saw a comment come in on Twitter commenting on our uh, quarterback ranking list from last week. Who did this insane list, they said. Mace responded, 
As John Fox said, I stay in my lane. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay, we're going to start this thing. Let's do it, everybody. Oh, random. NFL is the name I gave it this morning. So, three, two, one. What is the only NFL team to complete a perfect season? Oh, you two got that one super fast. It was like speedy. I watched you. You know the song for this team, Will? Like the like the fight song? Uh, I know that they love popping champagne every time someone else loses, but no, I don't know the fight song. Mm, I'll, I'll sing it in a second. Oh, I can't you wait. Know, the Miami Dolphins, the greatest football team. I don't know the rest. It's do, 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 something like that. That was really good. Thanks. That was, that was beautiful. Um, yeah. Will, don't forget tomorrow I need you to add a line to our Coffee Break theme song. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't forget. All right, everybody. Nice job getting all of those correct. All right. Well, look who had the fastest fingers, though. Ooh, it's all about speed, everybody. All about speed. What was the original New York Jets? Or what was the New York Jets original name? Wow. I don't know. Hmm. They did these uniforms for the AF, AFL throwbacks when the Broncos had the brown and orange. Remember that? Uh, the Jets did the same thing with their old team name. Yep. I have no idea. So I probably got it wrong. No, I got it right. Good guess. I was going to say, I actually gave a little bit of a hint because I added the period just in case. I was like, all right, I'll, because I'll, that was a hard one. I didn't know it either, Will, so don't worry. I can't believe everyone got it right. Well done. I know. Good job, everybody. Nice job. All right. Jay coming in hot with those fast fingers. All right. What number Super Bowl will happen in February? Oh, no. Hmm. Well, I'll give you a hint. Do some math on what Super Bowl the Broncos won with Von Miller and Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. Think about how many years that was. There you go. (laughs) Good old Google. We got a comment. True. Okay. Jake staying hot. Troy coming in, though. Okay, I like it, guys. The NFL began in what year? (laughs) I think based on some commercials they were airing a couple years ago, I know it. Yeah. NFL 100, right? Those are the commercials. Yep. Yep. That was the reason I got it. And the one in the ballroom was so good, you know, with the the cake and they were all chasing the football and had some of the old stars and the new ones. That was, I can't say I ever saw the Decatur Staley's play the Chicago Packers a little before our time. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little, you know, okay. Oh man. It's again, just so it's fast fingers with Jake answer streak of four. All right. That is seven. Let's go. In 2019, Lamar Jackson became the second player in NFL history to be named as a unanimous MVP. Who was the first? Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or Marshall Falk? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Rachel, you did well today because I have not known about half these. Oh, thank you. Wow. Yeah. And not a single person got it right. Brady. What, yep. You know what year that was, Rachel? Couldn't. I could look it up after the show, though. I'll put it on the answer on Twitter, everybody. Make sure you follow Will, Jake, and myself on Twitter. We love interacting with everybody, and we have so much fun playing trivia with you guys every Tuesday, so thanks for hanging out. But yeah, Tom Brady. Interesting. I went with Peyton like everyone else. Went with Mm. the obvious one. Which team won the first ever Super Bowl? I feel like this one's an easy one. 
maybe I was wrong considering you both are still like, hold on. <laughs> no, um, I just wanted to triple check myself. I no. know. The Green Bay Packers. Dun, I was like, Bart Starr, Bart Starr. Okay. You will. You got to have speedy fingers on this next one if you're going to beat Jake. I need Jake just to miss. Hope, I hope it's hard. <laughs> All right. Mm. Quiz. Which team did Jerry Rice play his last career game for? The Saints, oh, Seahawks, Broncos, or Falcons? You've got a chance. See, this is could be a little bit of a trick question. That's all I'll say. Well, we can't count preseason games. I'm going, okay. Let's go! Oh, no! Only three Let's of us did it, but you got it too? Yeah! Dang! Uh, well, fingers were faster. Well, he, they were, because I waited like 10 seconds. All right, we'll okay, watch so to see at the podium. Jerry Rice did, in fact, not play a single game for the Broncos. The last game he played for was with the Seahawks, everybody. So he was on the Broncos, but he didn't actually play a game for them. So that's a little bit of a trick question there that I threw in. The podium, though. Here we go. Number three, Timo, our man Timo, everybody. Woo! Number two, Jake Shapiro and number one. Dun, 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 dun. Abs in six, our very own Will Peterson. Will, nice job. And our runner-up was Troy and Justin. Thanks, you guys, so much for playing with us. We appreciate it. Again, we love playing with you guys. It is so much fun. Like, truthfully, I love doing trivia. And I didn't mess up any questions today. So that's a win, you know, everybody? Happy. I think Jake wants to double-check the Tom Brady one. He's got that look in his face. But No, no, I want to know how me waiting for, like, Eight seconds on the last question uh, undid all of the time that I beat you on in the first, like, five questions. Oh, I was quick on almost every single one of them. I took my time on the Packers one just to be safe. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to know the scoring right algorithm of how many points you get in the first second versus the second second and third second. I, that's all I want to know. That's all. Okay. But congrats, right. Will. You deserve it. You deserve it. Okay. And to answer, in 2010, Tom Brady won MVP. So, there you go. Well, unanimously, that was the key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so again, Tom Brady in t- 2010 and Lamar in 2019. So again, thanks everybody. Uh, uh, Will, I know you wrote an article for DenverFan.com this morning about the PFT power rankings for Week One. What do you think about the Broncos being number 19? Well, I, I think it was low. It's the lowest I've seen thus far. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most power rankings. Yeah, there's some that have them as high as the top 10. Most seem to be settling around 11, 12, 13. So to see him at 19 was a little jarring. Guys, the, the biggest thing to me, though, was look where the AFC West was. He had the Chiefs at four, and then he's got the Raiders at 14, the Chargers at 15, and the Broncos at 19. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me the largely expected best team in football? It's not a lot of respect coming from uh, Florio and um, you know NBC Sports, PFT there, that if it really is the best division in football, three of the four teams are 14, 15, 19. I don't buy that for a second. Mm, that's a very good point. Um, I find it interesting, too, that everybody thinks that Justin Herbert could possibly win MVP this year. I would love to get both of your takes. I'm starting to jump on the hype train of him, everybody. I've been pretty low on it. But do you think you could walk away um, with the MVP in the AFC West? Yeah, uh, you know. Go ahead, Jake. I, I, I don't think so, but let's hear Jake say yes first. I think Herbert's awesome. There's a reason why people are jumping on that train. Um, you know, I think Josh Allen would have to lose the MVP this year. I think that's how this is shaping up. 
Um, but personally, I would even I would even put my money on Joe Burrow before Justin Herbert uh, to win the MVP because Joe Burrow is just so clutch. Mm-hmm. And Justin Herbert, guys, is a combined 15 and 17 thus far in his NFL career. Yep. The Chargers have not made the playoffs. They infamously lost the Week 18 tie in their end game to the Raiders that we all watched, um, you know, in January. And uh, listen, Chargers get a Charger until they don't charge her, right? Brandon Staley is way too aggressive on fourth down. Herbert, yeah, he scores a lot of points, but he also throws timely picks. Like I said, the record is under 500 in his career. To go from 15 and 17 to the MVP would be a massive, massive leap. Let's see if the Chargers can get a winning record first, and then we can start talking about things like MVP. I think they're the most overhyped team in the NFL, and until they prove me otherwise, I'm going to feel that way again. What's interesting, and I would love to know the strength of the Chargers' schedule last year because everyone talks about how he had the 5,000 yards, right? But who are they going up against? Because I can't remember any notable game that they were in besides – obviously the one for the playoffs that should have ended in a tie and they both would have made it against the Raiders. I still can't believe that didn't happen. I feel like if it would have been me, I would have been shaking hands and praying that you could somehow make that work. Cause how often have we ever seen something like that where if they both just tie, they both make the playoffs. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that happen. No, there was talk that both coaches may kneel the, kneel the game out or at least kneel OT out. Like, Hey, handshake agreement, man. You take a knee, we take a knee, you take a knee, we burn this clock, we're both going to the postseason. It was a fascinating scenario that we had never seen before. Okay, I need yeah, to read. Chargers had about the 20th strength of schedule last year, and one of the reasons why he was throwing for so many yards is they weren't that good, so they're mm-hmm. always behind chasing games. That was always my glitch in fantasy football. I draft whoever the Chargers quarterback was, Drew Brees, for a long time because they were always trailing games, so the stats were ridiculous. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Jake. Um, I do want to say in the comments, we've got chargers are like when your phone says it's charged, but then you look at it and it says 30%. That's the charger. That's a great analogy. That's that nice. is a good Could one. not be more spot on. Um, I also want to say, Troy, he says, love the new 45 minutes. Thank you so much, Troy. We're so excited about 45 minutes now, coffee break from all of us here at 1043 endeavorfan.com. We're so freaking pumped up about this. Um, Again, it doesn't happen without all of you guys tuning in, joining in the comments. We want to keep it going. So we're really excited. And again, we're really excited for this Bronco season to get underway too. But I want to ask both of you, Will, I was going to ask you tomorrow, but I'm going to ask you right now, who are you picking to win the Super Bowl this year? Go. Uh, Woo, putting me on the spot. I am. Jake, think about it because I'm going to ask you next too. No, listen, here's what's going to happen. The NFL is not rigged. That is way too strong of a sentiment. But there are always those little bit of too good to believe storylines that happen. And you want to know what? The Buffalo Bills are the favorites to win the title right now, but they are cursed. They will get to another Super Bowl but they will lose to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers as he goes off into his second retirement and the GOAT wins it all in his last career game. Is there a more fitting adenine? I don't think so. I've had Buccaneers over Bills in my head, and I guess I just made it official. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, hold on, Jake, real quick before we go on to that. Do you think that the Bucs can do well without their center? Because how long is he supposed to be out? Oh, the Colorado kid, Ryan Jensen. I think he's out for a while, but – I mean, it's Tom Brady. It's like he, he, he's played with how many centers in his career? Like 15? I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe that's high. Maybe 10. But point being, Brady always makes it work. He's still got Chris Godwin, who's somehow playing week one, most likely after coming back from an ACL in December. 
Uh, don't tell Jamal Murray that. My goodness. Uh, Mike Evans. And then they signed Julio Jones. And they still have Leonard Fournette. And that defense, honestly, led by Shaq Barrett, still as formidable as ever. Like, why people are sleeping on the Buccaneers. Like, I get that Gronk retired. I get it. But, it, but it's still Brady. And, and him getting an eighth in his final season just feels like the storybook ending that the NFL seems to get. Let's not forget, we got the storybook ending in, with Elway and Manning here in Denver. Why would anyone think that Brady won't get his storybook ending down in Tampa? Jake? Yeah, I think Brady totally wants to go out like that, um, like one of those, those great guys, Peyton Manning, John Elway, you know, a legend that goes out like that. I want to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I also want to say a team coming out of the AFC, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Kansas City Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Los Angeles Chargers are winning the Super Bowl. And the next AFC team with the highest odds are the Denver Broncos. And right after that is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, So part of me wants to be the homer and say the Denver Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. But uh, I think I'll be... uh, I'll, I'll go the reverse route. I'll, I'll say the Buffalo Bills just so we get some uh, dissent here on Coffee Break. Okay, I like it. Um, I'm going to do mine on Friday, so definitely stick around, and I'll tell you who I think will win the Super Bowl come Friday. What's up, Jake? We do have some breaking Broncos news. The captains were selected. It's Russell Wilson, uh, Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons, Brandon McManus, and Bradley Chubb. Okay. So a lot of names you would expect when you think about the Broncos and who they would choose as their leadership and captains. Yeah, none of those really come as a surprise to me. But, Jake, great job on the breaking news there. Your your ring light just go out on you? Yeah, well, the ring light is set for a timer for a half hour. It wasn't used to the 45-minute shows. I've got to change it over. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, again, we're super excited about these 45-minute shows, you guys. Will is going to be back with us here tomorrow on Coffee Break, 10.30 a.m., and we will see everybody tomorrow morning. Bye, guys.